0: And welcome to The Blueprint, lifestyle design podcast, unpacking and applying creative design principles to help you live your maximized life. And now, ready to help you design and build your ultimate awesome future, here's your host, Andrew Lord. Hello everyone and welcome back to The Blueprint where we are unpacking the source code for success and how we can use education to scale that success and today we are talking with Ortel Green who is the CEO and founder of Glittering Minds. She's all about empowering teachers and parents to create tomorrow's innovators. Uh, We were introduced by Kylie Zeal who was the guest on our last podcast episode and when we got talking we found out we have so much in common. She's recently Uh, published her new book, Think Unique. She's a design thinker. She's a creativity expert. She's interested in project-based learning, particularly about how to empower your child to be a better learner and a more empowered learner moving forward into the dynamic world of the 21st century. We're going to be talking about that and a whole lot more. You're not going to want to miss this. Otel, it's great to have you on the podcast. Welcome to The Blueprint
1: hi Andrew thank you so much for having me
0: so let's just uh talk a little bit um people who are listening that will notice that you've got a little bit of an accent Uh, so why don't you tell us um you know a little bit about your background and where you've come from
1: yeah for sure yeah I can't hide this accent (laughs) um yeah I was born in Israel I grew up there and studied computer science and started a career within the high-tech industry as probably many knows Israel is kind of a hub for startups and new technology mm. and i enjoyed working you know on creating the future technology and creating what's next and thinking about the future and at some point uh, my husband and i moved to the uk and our three boys were born there and becoming a mom changed me in a really profound in a really profound way as i'm sure it happens to <laughs> every parent around the mm. globe and so i was curious to see how uh, what's happening in schools when they started school? What, what are they learning? How is the school environment? And so I volunteered and, and spent a lot of time in the classroom, going on excursion with them and helping within the classroom in different ways. And it was clear for me to see that there is a gap between uh, what's happening in the education system today in terms of what skills children learn at school versus what skill they need to succeed today and in the future with all the uncertainties and unknowns, as you very well aware with the uh, rapid pace of advancement in technology, mm. the type of jobs we do are changing, everyday new job types are popping up <laughs> and, and the jobs that are still remains, we do them completely differently because we work alongside computers with, you know, with a machine learning and AI that develops so quickly. And this is what got me interested in in education and really what got me um, working on that, on bridging that gap. Mm. Because you mentioned I'm I'm a design thinker and maybe we'll touch on that soon, but um, I knew I have to teach children design thinking as a way to develop all these beautiful skills that we refer to today as the 21st century skills, Mm. such as creative thinking, innovative mindset, collaboration, problem solving, critical thinking, all of this beautiful package of skills that children actually need today to succeed um, today and in the unknowns of the future
0: mm, yeah cool so um you mentioned design thinking let's just jump straight into that like uh, if people are listening to this podcast and they're wanting to do more of that with their child at home like is there some ways or some tips that you could um give them to get started in that
1: Yeah, sure. First, I'll explain a bit what it is for Mm. the listeners who are not familiar with design thinking. So design thinking have been used for many years now. And it's it's a combination of mindset approach, tools, methodology to solve problems in an innovative way. And one of the big differences with design thinking is that it's very human centric. And that Mm. means that we solve the problems with the people who face the problem, and we're not solving it for them. Mm. So we're working together in collaboration uh, on solving a problem and finding innovative solution that suits the people who are supposed to use that solution. Mm. Um, and and you asked whether how can people um, start this journey if parents want to help their children develop this mindset, this knowledge and skills. So I actually published uh, my second book, as you mentioned, Think Unique raising a successful innovative child, Mm. which takes parents on this journey of understanding design thinking, understanding what is innovative thinking, creative thinking, and then actually show them step by step as to how they can do that at home, how they can create that environment for their child, where they can develop all these skills and understand what the process or framework they need to follow when they encounter a problem and want to find innovative solutions for this problem.
0: Mm. Oh, that's good. So in the book, is there, you know, um, a chapter that you would, um, obviously, you you know, you read the book from start to finish, but is there like a chapter that you think um, parents is really important for parents to know?
1: Um, Well, firstly, I think the whole journey is important because, You can't teach what you don't know and Mm. as parents if we want to teach our children a particular skill we first need to uh, gain that understanding about the skill ourselves and develop that skill within us in order to be able to teach our child that skill and to role model that way of thinking Mm. and and so that's why I think the whole journey is important because at the beginning of the book I'm taking the parents on their own journey to Mm. discover creative and innovative thinking and what it means and the what and the why. And then I get to the, how, and one of the chapters there, which is, I think it really takes the parents and show them, um, step-by-step step how it is done at home. So that will give them the practical tools in terms of how to do it at
0: home. Do you, do you find yourself working more with uh, home educator families just because as a, as a general rule, those sort of families are more involved in their um, child's learning, whereas kids that are at school, um, you know, the, the primary educator is the, the school teacher.
1: I definitely see, firstly, there is a trend uh, for parents to home educate, which uh, is growing. Hmm. Uh, we see it across the globe. and And like you said, you said rightly that parents who home educate m- invest in more, or spending more time and effort in supporting and helping the children develop um, important life skills. And and therefore, um, they will probably invest more time and thought and and, and planning into that. Mm. And regardless of that, I think any parent should do that. (laughs) Uh, Because as we know, the education system is not providing our children with with everything they need uh, Mm. to succeed today. But definitely, I find that home educator parents, firstly, are more open to look for new ways and to think differently. Because, Mm. you know, just by taking their children out out of the system, they already think differently and and kind of uh, questioning and and criticizing and thinking deeply about um, how to go about their child education. And therefore, definitely, um, they will benefit greatly from this book.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's... uh... I like something that you said there before you said, um, the design thinking is doing it with, not for, uh, the, the, whoever you're designing for. And I think that's kind of a, an underlying principle. It's the same with life coaching. You know, w- when I coach a client, it's not that I'm giving them advice or telling them what to do. I'm actually just going along on the journey with them and helping them to maybe just think differently about a few different things along the way. And, uh, I see that a lot in home education families too you know they're wanting to do it with not for you know it's not a spoon feeding um type process as we've um as you often see in in the mainstream school setting but uh you know helping them to discover which is which is um you know it's really what life's all about isn't it
1: absolutely absolutely and and something important to note about it. When you let your child discover, firstly, it's important to let them drive their learning uh, with their curiosity and interest.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: because when we follow our curiosity, when we really dive into things that interest us, obviously we're more invested, we'll enjoy it more, we'll learn so much more from it. So this is step one, but I think also a, a big part of it is is letting your child try different things mm-hmm. and know that it's okay that they fail <laughs> Yeah. Not, um, and not look for, you know, the perfect outcome because there is no perfect outcome. And what's important is that journey the child is taking. And it's important for them to learn that failure is part of the process. And this is something I see clearly at schools uh, when I work with young children, even at year three level, they're already so afraid of failing hmm. that sometimes they prefer not to try at all Mm -hmm. Um, and when they learn design thinking, um, and, and one of the things in design thinking is, um, after you come up with solution, you quickly create a prototype and you test it and you Mm -hmm. try it with the people who are supposed to use it. So you create that, um, feedback loop. So you asking for feedback and then you, um, change the product or your idea based on that feedback and ask again for feedback. It's kind of an iterative loop. Feedback mm. loop that helps you improve your idea and your product. Mm. And so I see that when they start this process, when they first, you know, come across the whole notion of seeking feedback, initially they see feedback as a personal attack, and mm. they might get offended and they think, "Oh no, I've done something wrong. Yeah. My idea is not good enough." Um, but after a while, they actually learn that this is something very beneficial for them. That's actually getting feedback from other people, helping them create better product, helping them um, improve their ideas. Mm-hmm. And they start to seek feedback in many different areas. And, and the teachers tell me that even in literacy, literacy or math or whatever it might be, suddenly the students are asking for that feedback as they mm-hmm. know it's going to help them. And they uh, adopt that mindset that the first thing they do It's just a draft so even if they write an essay the first thing they wrote is a draft that they need to keep working on it and improving it
0: yeah yeah i've encountered exactly the same thing i used when i used to work in schools i used to um teach um i used to teach design and technology but the way that it was the we were asked to teach it in the way of woodwork you know there's the difference between like industrial arts and when i first came in i had a design background i came in and um my supervisor said you know you might have learned all these great things at uni's uni but that's not how we're going to do it here we're going to just teach them uh, how to build the pencil box and we're going to let them choose the color of the lid that's the level of design that they would um uh, put in place and uh yeah it's just amazing to see that uh, that the kids came in with, um, uh, sorry, that the the teachers came in with that expectation of this. We're just going to teach them a set of instructions rather than teaching them how to think. And uh, I I kind of did what I was told in those early years of just um, you know just teaching design the way that I got told to teach it. But um, really, I think missed out on a big opportunity there because um, you know there's. I see that design can be a foundational subject for all other subjects in school, like particularly in the secondary years where they take on a project and as they take on the project, they can learn about science, they can learn about maths, they can learn about history, they can learn about English, all of those things. There's so much potential there for design to be this bedrock that everything gets built on. Um, And since I've been in life coaching too, I can see how personal development can be one of those bedrocks as well. And I think a lot of personal development happens throughout uh, project-based learning as well. So we've touched on design thinking. Let's just talk about how that translates to project-based learning. You've kind of mentioned that happening with, you know, the year year three person and how they have an iterative um, approach to learning there's, there's two main types of project-based learning. I'll just sort of explain this for, for people that are listening. So there's, um, project-based learning that is like a passion-based learning experience where the kid wants to do something because they really are passionate about it and it's their interest. And I guess the other main one is uh, phenomenon based learning, which is usually, you know, a teacher is passionate about it and they, uh, they share it with the class and, you know, there's different, definite project elements uh, that happens around it but it's usually um, a bigger theme you know in your book do you do you touch on either of those or a bit of both or you know what's uh, your approach
1: yeah well firstly I agree with you that design thinking is is a framework for learning and you can definitely include different subjects it's uh, interdisciplinary way mm. so you can take a project and you really Can go so deep that you involve math and history and science and whatever you want the children to learn you can involve it as part of the project Mm. so it's a great framework to work with no matter what type of um, subject you teach you can use it for math or literacy or project-based learning or history or geography whatever you want because basically it's an approach to teaching and learning. It's mm. it provides you with um the process to follow when you want children to learn and explore particular things. And in regard to your question, so with my book, I mean the first one I published, um, it's called Think Unique, your comprehensive guide to cultivating tomorrow's inno- innovator through project-based learning. So this one is designed for educators, for teachers. Okay. And, and that really takes them through how to use design thinking as a framework when you when you do project-based learning. So a step-by-step into how the project looks like in the classroom and how you as a teacher can facilitate it, all the different stages of the process, et cetera. So that gives them um, a comprehensive view on how it's done within the classroom. Mm.
0: Yeah, cool. Do you think that it's a a bit of a trade-off when um when the the teacher is delivering it like obviously in the school setting they have things that they have to deliver so therefore using project-based learning um they, they still have to meet particular outcomes and they still have to you know deliver particular content we talked about home educators before they have a lot more flexibility like yes they still have to address the key learning areas but they have a lot more flexibility to allow the kids to go and Um, explore whatever they want to explore like do you do you have a preference or do you think one way is better than the other or you think there's just merits to both
1: um (laughs) there is merits to both Uh, and, and i'll touch on on the two sides so firstly with the education system yes teachers have a lot of constraints they have a curriculum to follow they have standardized testing to follow they have so many different procedures and policies in place and sometimes teachers might feel like they don't have autonomy. They don't have any room to wiggle. Mm. But actually, what I see is that teachers still have a lot of um, power to choose how they um facilitate the curriculum, how they run these topics and subjects. So even within their constraints, they they still have um, they still can amplify their influence and do it differently. And this is why I wanna empower teachers across the globe, because as you know, most children attend public education, which is Mm. under this many constraints, but we can still do a lot to create that engaging learning environment where children really benefit from their time at school and really develop all these wonderful skills. And I Mm. see design thinking as, as a good way to do so, because you can use that framework in whatever curriculum you have whatever curric- curriculum you need to follow and and then you can really transform the learning environment into something really magical and and innovative and children love it one of the thing things that i see in the schools that i work with is that children suddenly become so engaged because you basically empower them mm. instead of running as you know school is is a an answer driven system <laughs> we um, expect the student to come up with answers and not just any answer. Usually we're looking for the one right answer. Mm. And this is how we test them. And this is how we grade them. And this is how um, we do everything within our education system. And so teachers, when they adopt um, design thinking as a framework of of teaching, basically they swap it into question-driven way of learning which is how it's supposed to be, right? You um, basically encourage the children to come up with questions, to explore, to follow their interest and curiosity about specific topics. And you empower them to do that research, learn, learn a lot about this uh, topic, and then come up with their own ideas in terms of how they're gonna approach this problem or question, how they are gonna solve it? and then you let them try it out right to create the solutions right with the people who are supposed to use it and and more often than not I mean I encourage teachers to do that is to um, take some solution and actually implement that in the classroom or school or within the community so give students question where they can really have an impact and change their own environment. And this is very empowering for the children because they see how they can look at a problem or a question, explore it, explore solution, and then implement a change within their own environment.
0: Mm. Yeah. Do you think that, I'm just curious that, perhaps as more teachers start to think about design thinking and start to think about project-based learning that they start to think more about approaching school itself that way you know where they have the potential to redesign the whole school experience and and look at some of the fundamental problems that have been embedded into the system and they've been doing these things for 100 years just because someone 100 years decided that that was the right thing to do like um like wearing a uniform for example like i'm not here to say wearing a uniform is good or bad but it is a particular thing that has been brought in for uh, all sorts of different reasons and then for some school students or some school communities it may not be the the best thing for them and i guess wearing uniforms a fairly trivial one but I, i'm sure there's bigger ideas that teachers could start to grapple with do you think that that thinking about along those lines is going to start to unlock people's minds in that way
1: yes absolutely and that's what i hear from teachers uh who have been working with that they say it's not just transforming their student thinking it's transforming their own thinking as well mm-hmm. and and in the way that they approach in teaching and in the way even that they approach um dealing with behavior issues you know in the classroom and at school and this is a big thing because suddenly they realize okay we need to really understand the problem I and mean, we need to see who are the people we need to involve and and explore together solution not myself as a teacher imposing something Mm. it needs to be something we're doing together as a community for example or uh, with a student family or maybe as a whole classroom so it helps them view everything differently and therefore like you said they'll start um, thinking about the school design the school culture for example um you know a school culture is so important and it involves the families as well Mm -hmm. uh, of the students so how can we create stronger community um what does it mean for parents etc so the whole thinking is is being shifted which is wonderful
0: yeah yeah cool so what's your ultimate goal like you've published these books and um you know i'm speaking from experience now because i'm right in the middle of going through this process myself with my own book and people who have been listening to the podcast a while would know that um and it's not an easy process it can be quite challenging at times like you obviously have something that's motivating you to to keep doing this and to keep moving forward like what what would you like to see um happen in the world of education what's success look like for you
1: uh, yeah, firstly, well, well done for writing a book. Yeah, it is a challenging journey. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's not easy at all. Um, but what drives me is the, the need to give children the environment they need to flourish. Mm-hmm. I see many children going through the education system, and I see often the not-so-ideal outcomes from mm-hmm. that. Um, and and what I want to do, I want to empower educators and parents to support and help the, their children on the journey and to give them this wonderful life skill that will set them up to success, whatever success means to them, right? It means mm-hmm. different things to different people and each one choose their own career. But at the end of it, there is there are the, the other fundamental skills that we need to have whatever job we are going to do, which, as I mentioned before, are problem solving. Um, your approach, even we touched about failure, your approach to failure, right? Mm. Whether you embrace and accept it as, as as your way to success, as something that, you know, happens all the time. This is part of the journey, not something to avoid. Mm. And also your innovative thinking. Uh, we know how important it is today to think in an innovative way, in a creative way, especially as as, as computers take more and more the mundane jobs, you know, the repetitive work that mm. we used to do as humans, and what we left with, which I think is brilliant, <laughs> is that jobs that require more creative thinking and mm. and collaboration and innovation, and that's why it's so important we we we'll help our children develop these
0: skills. Yeah, yeah, and that overlaps to life too. Like a lot of those skills that you've mentioned, you know, problem solving, um, your mindset. Um, thinking differently when you encounter problems and all of these skills these are life skills as well and not just for getting stuff done in the classroom aren't they
1: absolutely absolutely these are wonderful life skills and you probably know that as a as a coach
0: Mm. how
1: important it is firstly your mindset and how you approach lives and and obstacles for example because obstacles if we think about it they're also part of our lives right we Mm going on a particular path and then there are obstacles. And then we can choose either to say, oh my God, I'm a victim. There is this external obstacle that I have no control of. Mm. I'm stuck and I can't reach my goal. And on the other hand, you can have a different mindset where you think that, okay, this is an obstacle and this is an opportunity for me to think differently, to be creative Mm. with my thinking and find new and maybe better ways to reach my goal and then you find a new path and often it's it's a much better path (laughs) because now you are forced to think differently and you might see things that you haven't been able to see before yeah and so that's a completely different mindset and that will this is the mindset you need to succeed right to get to where you want to get
0: now that's good stuff so obviously um for people that want to get started, it'd be great for them to to go and read your book. Uh, where can people find that? We're going to put some links, but uh, if you could just share with us where people can find that.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's on Amazon uh, across the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can purchase it from there. If you want additional resources, I have many different resources on uh, Glittering Minds' website. Um, we can add the URL, I guess, to the description as well. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. But if, if you're listening it's glitteringmindscomau backslash backslash uh, resources okay so you'll find there are plenty of things to explore
0: excellent that's wonderful well thank you so much for um being with us today and sharing with us a little bit more about uh, project-based learning it's been really nice to to get to know uh you and um hear more about your book congratulations on on the the new book coming out and um yeah we're going to share this with as many people as possible thank you so much and there you have it a fascinating interview with Ortel green which i believe is going to open up all sorts of new possibilities there's such a big overlap between design thinking and project-based learning and how to succeed in life you know as a life coach that's something that i'm passionate about sharing and so i encourage you if you want to be a better parent if you want to be a better guide for your child the best way to do that is to learn how to become a creative based educator and since this interview with Ortel, I've had a number of different conversations with her and we've decided to create the first ever project-based learning summit for homeschoolers and I'm super excited about this. I don't have all the details right now but by the time this podcast goes live there'll be some links that you can click to go and check out all the details but uh, for now I just wanted to let you know about it tell you how ex- excited I am about it and uh, I encourage you to go and uh, follow up with the links that are just below where you can go and check out Ortao's book as well. That's all from me for this week. Hope you're having a wonderful week. Bye for now.